listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Thank you guys. That was so beautiful. <clears throat> All right. Well, it's been a fun-filled morning this morning so far, eh? Whoa, I just got Canadian. That was, that was weird. I never, I never say a, that was, that was weird. I mean, nothing against Canadians or anything, but it's just strange from Ohio. It's weird. Um, (laughs) close enough. Nice. All right. All right. All right. That's how we want to roll this morning. Okay. Okay. Well, did you enjoy the mission kids program? Yeah, they did so good. They did so good. Um, I love Christmas time. It is just my favorite time of the season. Um, I like to make the same joke every year that nobody really laughs at, but I, I, I love Christmas so much that I have Christmas elves living in my beard. Some people call it dandruff, but you know, like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. People act so weird around Christmas time, don't they? Like, it, it's, it's funny. Like, uh, the, the cheer of the holidays gives people permission to kind of reveal their inner weirdness. Do you, do you notice that at all? Is it just me? Like, it, it give, the, the cheer of the holiday kind of just, like, gives people permission to be kind of weird. Like, I, to reveal their inner weirdness. And... Um, uh, uh, which is kind of a beautiful thing if you think about it, because we're all weird. Some of us are just better at hiding it than others. But uh, but at Christmas time, we just kind of end up doing things that we would never do in the other eleven months of the year. Like uh, I mean, think about it. People do all kinds of weird stuff around the holidays. Uh, for starters, peppermints popularity goes nuclear around Christmas time, right? Like try to find a coffee drink without peppermint in it. Like, no, I don't want any peppermint at all. No peppermint. Um, peppermint, peppermint is a, is a footnote to the dinner, right? Usually the rest of the year, uh, you're walking out of the restaurant and the hostess asks you if you, if you'd like a peppermint on your way out and, and, and you think about your response for a second, right? You just finished a delicious meal. Peppermint is nowhere on your radar, right? And, and as the hostess asks you, um, you don't even really want it, but you take it out of fear, right? You take it out of fear, like you don't want it, but you're like, okay, you take it out of fear because fear of your breath might reflect the bowl of garlic bread you just ate. Like, like, uh, so, so you eat the peppermint to be courteous, but, but you don't really want it. And then Christmas comes along and all of a sudden peppermint goes from being like the wallflower sitting alone at the high school dance to like the prom queen, right? Like, like there's peppermint and everything. And my wife loves dark chocolate peppermint coffee creamer. Anybody know? Okay. She loves... She's weird. I'm telling you, she's not here today. So, so, but, uh, around December time, I I swear every time she sends me to the store to find this one specific peppermint dark chocolate, uh, coffee creamer, the store never has it every time I go. And when I come back without it, she ends up acting like I didn't try hard enough to get it right. Like, like, well, did you look in the other people's carts? 
right? No. Well, they always have it when I go. Well, you go at like six in the morning to beat out all the other nuts who are buying 12 months of peppermint coffee creamer at a time, right? Like, like I'm just like, no. <laughs> but um, peppermint pop, peppermint's popularity spike around Christmas is so weird to me. But people do all kinds of weird things uh, around Christmas. They reveal their inner weirdness. People go to the store on purpose and look for the ugliest clothes they can find. And the more ugly, the better, more ugly or weird, the better. And then they wear them in very public places. Like, when does that happen the rest of the year, right? Ugly clothes on purpose. Like, um, uh, for frame of reference for this, you really need to come to the Christmas Eve service tomorrow. Because I always wear something crazy. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm actually leveling it up this year. Like, I'm a, a bit scared about the thing I'm wearing this year. Because I don't know where to go from here. Like, the next Christmas Eve, I probably will be wearing, like, an Olaf costume or something like that. But, but um no, that's not happening. Uh, people do all kinds of weird things around Christmas. They drink egg-based drinks, right? Like, they buy cheese from a mall. Who buys cheese from a mall the rest of the year, right? Like, I mean, around the... Like, grocery store cheese is fine all the other 11 months of the year, except for Christmas time. You've got to have that mall cheese, Right? Nothing says I care about you more than mall cheese, right? (laughs) And then there's all the sneaking around during Christmas, sneaking out to buy presents, sneaking the presents in the house, sneaking the credit card bill out of the mailbox and in your possession, sneaking all the presents that you bought yourself under the tree and hoping your wife doesn't notice, right? Is that just me? Or... Oh, honey, thanks for this Levi's denim jacket. How did you know? It's just the right size. You're so thoughtful. Uh, I must have bought that on Black Friday. (laughs) Uh, And all the sneaking around leads up to the big reveal on Christmas Christmas morning where all the weird stuff we do kind of falls into place and somehow seems to make sense, right? Christmas morning is where all the puzzle pieces seem to kind of fall into place, right? And um, Christmas morning is full, full of revelation. It's full of revelation. People will go out of their way to reveal how much they care about each other, Right? Revealing family traditions to new friends and new family members and sharing all the memories attached to those traditions. Like that's something we do around holidays, right? Revealing our sincere gratitude to those who serve us so well in the military and police force of firemen. Uh, and women and, and hospital staff, postal workers, and anyone in the service industry, right? And so many more. There's just something about Christmas that allows people to let down their guard and reveal the love they have inside. And that couldn't be more fitting for Christmas, right? Uh, this season is where we celebrate the revelation 
the big reveal, the revelation of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We celebrate that God who created everything left his glory in heaven and revealed himself to us on the earth through Jesus. And God did it all. He, he did all of this so that we might know him and be in relationship with him. Now that's a big reveal, right? Uh, we've been in a sermon series called From Glory to Glory. And through this series, uh, we're taking the time to go all the way through the book of John. And uh, this is week four. And it's a big deal because today we finally conclude the prologue, right? <laughs> Uh, at this rate, my beard is going to be so gray by the time we're done with this series. But uh, we no, we've been taking it slow through First John because it deals with some very significant theological concepts, all relating to who Jesus is. And and as we've talked about it already, the the book of John was written with a singular purpose and it's found in John 20 31 uh, and it's and and this is the purpose that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name you may have life in his name that is the one purpose of this book everything else that wasn't absolutely essential to the reader believing in Jesus was left on the cutting room floor. That's why many of the other accounts that you read in other gospels don't show up in the book of John. John affirms that they all happened, all the other stuff happened, but he chose to focus on this singular narrative. And uh, as we've already spoken about, the opening of John uh, starts out with a sacred echo from the beginning of the Bible in the beginning in the beginning and John goes on to introduce us to Jesus as the word uh, John uses the word to describe Jesus because in Greek uh, this version of the word means logos uh, logos in Greek is defined the, the best definition I could find for it is divine expression divine expression. So, so every time John says the word in the opening remarks of his gospel, John is referring to Jesus. And so John one through three reads like this in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Let's read that again and, and say Jesus instead of the word in the beginning, uh, in the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. John opens his gospel with this uh, definitive statement about Jesus. And it's this, he is God, right? Jesus is Existence didn't begin at the manger in Bethlehem. That was the beginning of his earthly life, right? That led to his earthly death. But Jesus was there with the Father and the Holy Spirit on the day of creation. Jesus was quite literally there at the birth of the earth, 
right? John was one of Jesus's closest companions. And obviously he wrote his gospel after the death and resurrection uh, had already occurred. And, and which the birth of Jesus and his resurrection are the bookends of his earthly life, right? You, you can't really think about one without thinking about the other. And John beautifully closes the, pro, the prologue of his gospel by reminding us that Jesus came to the earth to reveal something to us. To reveal something deeply profound and foundational. Let's read John 1, 14 through 18. And so, uh, so uh, it starts off by referring to Jesus as the word again. And so, um, so let's read. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out. This is John the Baptist. This was he of whom I said, he whom comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Isn't that beautiful? Every time I read that, I just want to either weep or like break into an Irish jig. Right? Like just out of pure joy. Like verse 14 starts off with this bold phrase. The word became flesh. The Logos, God's divine expression, and the one who created the earth left the heavens to be born of flesh and blood on the earth and to dwell among us. This word dwelt uh, literally means pitched his tent, right? The word pitched his tent among us. This is in reference to how the Old Testament, the presence of God dwelt in and above the tabernacle with the Israelite people. And the tabernacle was literally a tent, right? And inside of it was a place called the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant would rest. And this tent would go with them wherever they traveled and was in theory kind of like a portable garden of Eden where God could still be among his people because uh, his, uh, his people because he would manifest his presence in the tabernacle and later the temple. But what we celebrate at Christmas time is that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? Eugene Peterson translate his version of the Bible, the message um, says it like this, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. How great is that? 
I seriously could not love that more. It, it's so, it so perfectly describes what's going on here because that's exactly what the birth of Jesus represents, that God isn't a distant, far off God, but that God cares about you so much that he wanted to understand what you were going to have to go through in this life. So that he, so he came and experienced it for himself, right? So you may say, Jason, I'm dealing with temptation. Jesus, while he was on the earth, he, he dwelt with temptation. He, he dealt with temptation. He, he understands temptation, right? Uh, oh, well, but I'm, I'm actually dealing with pressure of expectations from other people. Jesus experienced that too, right? But you don't understand. I'm suffering uh, from an act of betrayal from someone who is very, very close to me. Some of Jesus's best friends denied ever knowing him when Jesus was arrested. Since God pitched his tent among the Israelite people so that he could dwell among them. But, but God manifests his presence through the birth of Jesus to be able to sympathize with our weakness. In verses 16 and 17, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, but those only revealed God's character and righteousness, right? It didn't reveal the whole story of God. The whole story of God is revealed to us in Jesus, right? Because grace and truth came through Jesus. If Jesus had never been born to the earth, he would not understand temptation. If Jesus had never been born to the earth, he, it, like, we wouldn't have him as an example of how to respond uh, to different situations. If Jesus hadn't been born to the earth, he couldn't have died for our sins. Throughout the Old Testament, the Old Testament, God makes a lot of promises. And in the New Testament, all of those promises are kept through Jesus. The day Jesus was born was the day that all of the pieces of the puzzle began to fall into place. Because the most important thing Jesus came to do, Jesus came to reveal the full story of God and his love for you. to remove the veil between, to fill in the blanks, to show us how the puzzle pieces fit together, to remove the blinders that keep us from seeing the full perspective of God. And no one has ever seen him in his fullness. But in Jesus, if we see Jesus uh, Colossians 2, 9 and 10 say, In him the fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. 
The fullness of God dwells in Jesus. We see the fullness of God through our Savior who left heaven behind to come and dwell among us, to understand our weakness and to save us from it. Jesus came to reveal the fullness of God's love for you and for me. There was a, there was a time at one point, I know it's probably hard to comprehend, but I was young at one point. And um, I was unmarried. <laughs> and uh, I, I, uh, I, I dated a lot. I'm just going to say that. And, and, um, and so I finally, uh, in Redding, California, early 2000s, I met my wife, Kim. And uh, we hit it off right away, but in a friend's kind of way. We were, we were definitely in the friend zone, right? Like... Um, and uh, so we were like best buds, Kim and I. And, you know, I continued to date other people. She continued to date other people. And, uh, and I remember I had this, the whole, that whole time, I had this one specific thing that I thought love was. This one specific thing. This one specific definition. And, um, and as I was you know, dating people and she was dating people. Like I, I, I didn't realize that what Kim and I had in our friendship was actually the true definition of love. Um, and she's not here, so I can just say whatever I want and you guys won't know. So, but I had this one specific encounter with God and I had been through all of these different relationships and none of them were f- fulfilling. And it just, I was very, very frustrated. Um, my life was kind of falling apart because I was making some bad choices. And uh, I remember I was praying and just like, oh, God, like, why is all this, why is all this stuff happening why, why am I, why do I continue to struggle with these bad choices? Why do I continue to fail in finding like real love? And God said, it's because your definition of love isn't the full definition of love. You only have a little piece of it. You have a piece of the puzzle. And I felt like at that moment, God, like I had known love like this, like with horse blinders on, you know, it was this one love was this one specific thing. Right. But in that moment, as I was praying with the Lord, I felt like he removed the blinders and said, this is love. This is love. What you have with your best bud, Kim the way, the love that you have for each other, that's the love that I created. The other thing is just one little small piece of it. God revealed the fullness of what love means to me that day. And um, my wife and I have been married for 16 years. And uh, please. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not, not going to pretend like it's been pretty because I didn't know I was going to be a pastor at that time. So she didn't know she was marrying a pastor and going to have to be a pastor's wife. <laughs> like there was, I mean, we've had a hard road, a really hard road, but the Lord continues to be faithful to us as we continue to be faithful to each other. And, uh, the fullness of, of God's love is so much bigger than we can fully comprehend. But through Jesus, Jesus came to reveal that to us. He came to reveal the full story of God's love. Amen. And uh, that's what we celebrate at Christmas. That's what all of this is about. The kids programs, the lighting of candles, the eating of way too many cookies. That's what it's about. The fullness of God's love. And I pray that you experience that in a deep, powerful way over the next couple of days. I pray that you resist the hustle and bustle that culture puts on us. We all have family to visit and, you know, things to do. But if you can sneak five minutes a day with God, just quiet, I guarantee the peace inside of you will be deeply affected. So let's, uh, let's stand and go to prayer now as the worship team comes. Father God, Lord, we thank you that you sent your son, Lord. Lord, and, and God, we recognize that the fullness of God dwells in our Savior, Jesus. And when we look at him, we look at God. So we remind ourselves, Lord, that there's no other religion that a God would leave his throne and become like the people he created. We remind ourselves that you, Jesus, you walked the earth. You were born in the lowliest of places. You walked the earth. You dwell among us. You were fully God and fully man. And Lord, we remind ourselves that the reason that you came was to express that fullness of love for us. So I just want to, as we're praying here, if you haven't accepted the love of Jesus for the first time, if you're here today and you're like, I don't know if I feel this love of uh, that you're talking about. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but, but I think I want it. I want to pray for you today. I'm not going to have anybody raise their hand. You know who you are. 
I don't want to embarrass anybody. That's not what this moment is about. This moment is the love of God. You accepting it and allowing it to indwell in you. And acting on it. Leaving this place changed and transformed. So if that's you, I just want to pray over you right now. Father God, I pray this moment would not be passed by. I pray that if there is tension in our, in just like our being right now, Lord, that we would make that awareness. We would, we would make that awareness, that tension of just knowing that we need you. We would recognize that. So Father, I pray those who are brokenhearted, who are lost, feeling like they have no place to go, nowhere to turn, Lord, I pray that you would give them courage right now to step into your kingdom, to allow the Savior who dwelt among the people into their heart. So if that's you, I just, I want you to pray this prayer silently. God, I want to know you. I believe that your word is true. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to the earth to die on a cross for my sins so that I, at this moment, might be in right relationship with you. That's it. That's all. See, you may not believe in God, but God believes in you. That's you pray this prayer. Father God, I am a sinner. And I need the blood of Jesus to wipe my sins away. Reveal the fullness of your love to me in the days ahead. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If that was you. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you rededicated yourself to the Lord, just, I want you to do this, nothing crazy. Just tell someone. I would love to know, but maybe you don't want to tell me. Tell your friend, tell your spouse, tell your, um, you know, the person who drove you here. Tell someone. invite our ushers forward as we take our tithes and offering. Lord, God, we bless you. We bring before you what is already yours, Lord. So Jesus, use these tithes and offering to send 
uh, your kingdom. Build your kingdom in our neighborhoods and in the nations. Lord, spread the gospel. Spread the name of Jesus. High and low, far and wide. the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.